Hello, everyone. This is Coach Fab for Casinos USA podcast, and welcome to our October 27th podcast, our 142nd episode. Whoa! Oh, been on the air since 2016, 142 episodes. And today's is Allegiant Stadium's M Resort VIP Suite. Oh, that does sound sweet, doesn't it? We were able to watch the Notre Dame-BYU football game at Allegiant Stadium, and we enjoyed the hospitality of the M Resort Suite in Allegiant Stadium. And we'll talk to you about it specifically in a little bit. But we have some other things to share with you today. And let's just get started right after we introduce our audience. Our digital audience is always with us. Thanks for coming, everybody. Okay, a short break, and we'll be right back to start the show. We wanted to uh, open today by talking a little bit about people who uh, play table games. Um, Don't think for a second that those who bet much more than the ordinary recreational gamblers knows that much more about the game. I think that's a big mistake. The amount of money that you bet, in my view, has little, if anything, to do with your knowledge of the game. And truthfully, all table games are negative expectation. Even Blackjack played perfectly with basic strategy, still has um, half a percent house edge. So you still need to get the cards to win. So consequently, you know, people who know so much about gambling probably aren't going to be found playing table games in a casino. And when you think about the casinos in Nevada, the 404 of them, I believe, they make 18, 20% a year on table games like craps, like blackjack, you know, like back around games where there really isn't that much of a house edge, but it's just because people who bet sometimes know very little about how to play the game, and they make bets that they shouldn't make, and particularly at the wrong time. And so we want you to feel better about yourself if you're a recreational gambler and you go to a casino with uh, 180 bucks, you know, <laughs> and you're going to play the slots for a little bit and um, you're going to deal 10 hands of blackjack and uh, maybe make a few place bets (laughs) on the craps table, but you're still going to have a good time. And you don't always go home a loser either, man. I mean, you don't always lose when you go to a casino. I think that's a misconception. So we want you to feel comfortable in how you play the game in terms of how much money you bet. And the same would be true with those of you who um, enjoy slot machines. You know, like, what's the strategy? Well, listen, well, part of the strategy is not to lose your shirt, you know. So uh, I wouldn't go to a, to a casino with $1,200 to put it dedicated to the slot machines, you know. Yeah, there'll be times you'll hit and you'll win. But, you know, do something that's comfortable within your budget um, that wouldn't stress you out if you lose it. There's this term that I picked up from Jimmy the Greek, and it's called scared money. And 
Scared money is money you cannot afford to lose because if you lose scared money, whatever the amount is, it stresses your marriage, it stresses your relationship with your family, it stresses you, <laughs> you know? Nobody likes to lose, but there's a difference between losing money that you can afford to lose and losing money that you can't afford to lose. And so one of the first lessons that I think I wanted to share with anyone who gambles is you need to learn this lesson and learn it quickly. You, you need to learn to quit when you are ahead because all table games and slot machines have a house edge, sometimes from very little, a couple of percent to very high, you know, eight, nine, 12 percent. And so consequently, um, you have to be comfortable and, and you have to be willing to take a risk, but not to supersede the amount of money that you're comfortable losing. So what is the word? Loss limit? Daily limit? You know, something along those lines. And you don't want to find yourself making that proverbial walk of shame. That walk of shame, you say? <laughs> yeah, that walk of shame where you leave a blackjack table or a craps table or a baccarat table or a pie gal table and you take the walk of shame to an ATM machine and take out another $300. That's what you don't want to do. You want to have a loss limit to begin your play. It may have come out of the ATM, but wherever it came from, you're not going back that session of gambling. So keep that in mind, and we'll try to make you as comfortable as you can. So let us begin with uh, inviting Janie, and we're going to discuss um, our experience at Allegiant Stadium to see the Fighting Irish take on the BYU Cougars uh, at a special game, part of the Shamrock series, where Notre Dame takes one of their home games and moves it to a different site because Notre Dame is really a coast-to-coast -coast kind of university. They don't really have, um, you know, a place where they the majority of their students come from, like a state school does. Obviously, if you're from Arizona, the state schools there are mostly Arizona students, not coming from, you know, uh, Louisiana, say to, so to speak, or Indiana. They're coming from Arizona for the most part. There's been, you know, plenty of exceptions to that, but it's, it's hard and fast. State schools are like that. But Notre Dame recruits coast-to-coast -coast in sports, and also their students come uh, from a variety of areas, coast to coast. So the Shamrock Series was to, to play games in front of the alumni from a particular area. And BYU really isn't that far from Las Vegas. Um, we have visited BYU sometimes when we've driven to Vegas. Beautiful, gorgeous campus. It's beautiful. And so um, Provo, Utah is a gorgeous you know, just to say that, but the school itself is just beautiful. And so they were willing to come down to uh, Allegiant Stadium in Las Vegas, and the Irish flew across the country. <laughs> and we were there to enjoy their band and go to the game. And so we'll bring Janie in right now and talk about it. Here's Janie. Hi everyone, it's Jane. I want to just say a little bit more as to what Coach was saying as far as Notre Dame recruiting all over the country. But what I'd like to focus on is that Notre Dame has a national following. Uh, 
for a long time, they had the largest sub, what they call Subway alumni, meaning people that never went to school there but followed the school. And that was, in, that was due to a few factors. You know, one of them, it was a Catholic university, so an awful lot of Catholics around the country followed the school, followed the athletic teams. Then there was also the fact that it was, they're called the Fighting Irish. So then they had all the Irish that would support them. And because they were uh, seen as a national school, there just was a big following from all over the country. In fact, we ran into a couple people. One gentleman who works at the Luxor was saw the coach's shirt, our Notre Dame clothes anyway, and he said, oh, you follow them too. And then coach says, oh, yeah, I'm a 1969 graduate. And he said, well, I've loved that school. I've followed it. My father followed it, and my grandfather followed it. He said, so I have a nine-year-old, and I'm going to take him to the game. He said, the Luxor management was nice enough here to get tickets for a lot of us. So there you go. That was one example, and he was just so excited that that he would be going to see the Irish. Then I would say that, obviously, we've followed the Irish forever, and I can't even count how many games we've gone to. Aside from living there for a whole year, and then when our daughter went to St. Mary's there, that was another four years, and... They had a national championship then, so we went to every single home game there then. Excuse me, they had a national championship when I was there, too, before we got married. Well, okay, <laughs> so they had two national championships for the family that the attended games. <laughs> That's a good way to put exa- it. <laughs> who attended the games there. So we just thought it would be really neat to see them host the game in Allegiant Stadium because we like looking at Allegiant Stadium so much when we were there last year and uh, when it first opened to the public for the season. Well, we looked out our Luxor uh, Tower window and we had a good view of the stadium. And then I read about it, $2.5 billion. It was the latest NFL stadium. So obviously it had the most technology because it was just brand new. Right. And, and it, they're uh, flashing uh, welcome to the Death Star across the yeah, top of it. And it it kind of does look like the It Death looks Star. just like it. Uh, and it just was an exciting uh, venue. And a lot of people, most people were walking to the stadium from the Luxor, from Mandalay Bay, from Excalibur, the hotels that are in that area there. Yeah, the city turns... Uh, closes down a road that makes it convenient because there's just too many people walking through the stadium. Right, and you can just walk and it cuts down on some of the traffic then. But I have to go back to to this thing. I tried to get, um, well, we got our tickets. We tried to get our tickets through the University of Notre Dame. However, when they had to sell this year, first of all, you have to be a contributing alumni to get applications for this sale. But they said the only way to get tickets for the Shamrock Series game in Las Vegas was you had to buy all the home games. You had to buy every Notre Dame home game to be eligible to get a ticket for Legion Stadium. So I just told Jeannie, well, it looks like we're not going because there's no way I'm buying. Like, we've seen so many home games, dozens and dozens and dozens of home games, that we're just we're past that. And so we thought we were out. Well, Notre Dame didn't sell their allotment from Allegiant Stadium. So I get an email along with thousands of other <laughs> alumni that said, Oh, wait, we're having a one-day special sale only for the Allegiant Stadium Shamrock Series game in Las Vegas. 
So Janie and I debated back and forth whether we should try, whether we should go. And finally she said, okay, let's, let's try to get tickets. And we did. And I got um, tickets. That, you know, there was a picture of the stadium, and they showed you what, what was available. And I thought we'd be close to the Notre Dame band. That's always fun. And we, got, uh, we get, did get tickets, and they were digital. I never had to deal with digital tickets before. Well, if you haven't had to deal with digital tickets before, then get ready. And I might as well tell you, too, that everything anymore, amusement parks, concerts, stadium, venue, games, a lot of you know who have already attended all these, uh, it's usually cashless also. Yeah, it's cash. Yeah, so it's a whole new world out there as far as uh, these venues go. Here's what we did. Especially for people in our age bracket. Yeah, so we're Boomer. We're Boomer City. So, But here's what we didn't know. Um, Jill and Jimmy, you know, our daughter and her husband, had a surprise for us. You know, through their business relationship with um, the M Resort uh, and, a, and one of, the, uh, of their clients, we were able to get VIP seats at the M Resort suite. Now, to, to quote the, the Wizard of Oz, that's a horse of a different color right there. Right. That was that was a wonderful experience. Um, but I would start even back at the parking. Okay, go ahead. We told my daughter, who really wanted to go to the game too, we said, look, and after they told us we they got us box a box that was a box bo- a suite. A, a suite in a box. Yeah. yeah. Okay. That she could have our tickets, obviously then. But I said, we're going to just bring the car. You come over and park at the Luxor, and we'll just walk to the game. And she said, I'm not walking there. I don't know that road. I don't know how it's going to be. I always wanted to park up there. She wanted to see the band that was going to perform, you know, Notre Dame band was going to perform outside. And they were going to have vendors, and they were going to sell some Shamrock Series shirts and some other clothes and items. Paraphernalia, they call it. Yeah, all of that, yeah. (laughs) And she wanted to go and be part of that. So I said, oh, I don't know, Jill. I've, I've heard it. The cheapest parking spot is $100, and that could be f- very far away. But anyway, she decided to call. She made a reservation, and it only cost $60. And wouldn't you know it, it was the closest spot to the whole stadium. You couldn't have parked closer. We couldn't have. <laughs> but we, we were one curb away from their property, and, and it was amazing. It, it was, and um, the, the gates to the stadium didn't open until 2.30, but, but we left Jill's house in Henderson at 1, so we got, it, with the traffic, we probably didn't park till about 2, so it took but, us about an hour because of traffic. Just but, to get into the city, it wasn't even that, uh, the yeah. parking area wasn't even that crowded, so they we, were doing a good job So there. we're outside of Legion Stadium while the Notre Dame perform, band is performing, with about 40 minutes before the gates opened, it was 92 degrees. Right. It was it was hot, and there were oh there were a lot of people there, and but they were very good at getting you through security, and then get you to the doors of the, whatever door you had to go to to the stadium. Well, now when the gates uh, did open and the lines were forming, and we we were up one of our lines pretty early, they had those uh, things that blow like cool oh, water. Oh, those fans. Yeah, those fans those and so fans. on, and we were yeah. in the shade. That really helped. But once we went through and had the VIP tickets, and then our daughter Jill had our ticket tickets, she, um, a state, not a state, excuse me, a police officer on duty escorted us from that entrance to the VIP entrance. So this is so nice. You go in and you get a wristband, a wristband, 
and then you get walked to an elevator to go up to the suites, okay? Now, for everybody who goes inside Allegiant, it's 72 degrees in there. So you're coming in from 92 degrees. You just feel comfortable automatically. It's very comfortable yeah. immediately. immediately. Immediately you feel comfortable. Oh, my goodness. You know, it's so comfortable. But then when you're escorted, you know, to the entrance, to the elevator, and you go up to the suite, and you see what they have. Can you just give a little bit of a description? Well, on the way up, the gentleman in the elevator said to us, there were, you know, probably eight of us in the elevator at that time. And he said, well, now, anything you see... Uh, walking to the suite uh, that's along the walls in the hall here. Everything here is complimentary to you, no matter what it is. You can have whatever. And so I thought, oh, okay. <laughs> you know, well, when we got out of the elevator and, and you saw the carts of sweets and confections. It, it's Christmas morning. <laughs> yeah, it was just like, yeah, like Willy Wonka's, walking into Willy Wonka's factory uh, with candy apples and fruit layered cakes and cookies cookies candy all kinds of candies and then you have hot dogs hamburgers you know the, all the there uh, was a sushi nachos, bar sushi bar yeah there was uh, anything you could imagine any drink you could imagine cocktails you name it they'll make it you know a variety of beers you know the right it was just beers. it was just really amazing how how much was there and in in our suite we there was a hostess for the suite and she was also the waitress in the suite who would bring you prepared food or uh, any drink. She'd get you any drink that you wanted and bring it and just could assist you in any way possible. And there was a restroom in the suite just for the 12 people in that suite. Yeah, you know, it so was, that wasn't even an issue. Uh, no, it was It was just – and what we found out, too, was that it, there there is not a bad seat in that stadium. Every seat has a good view. No, no view is blocked the way it's designed, and every seat is leather. Uh, very, every seat is comfortable. Uh, it was just an amazing experience, and, and it's hard to think you could ever go to another stadium after that. I really think I can't go to any games ever again because <laughs> you know, I, I you know, it's just per, it was just perfect, and, and um, the, the people, all of them weren't Notre Dame fans. Like there was there was a right beside me was. Um, a, a ruthless USC oh, right. fan who kept saying the entire night, oh, you might look good tonight, but we're going to kick your yeah. ass, you know, that kind of stuff. So that was kind of fun. Oh, we had fun. We had fun with everybody there. But there were some act regulars who get into that suite every week yeah, for Raiders right. games. They're and Raiders they, games. they go to any game that's there. They do. And, you know, most of those people were high and rollers. And right? there was a host from the M in there, and we sat down and talked to him for a while. Um, it was just very cordial and just we just had a great time and of course Notre Dame won so that made yeah, it really Yeah, BYU was nice. 16th ranked at that time in the country and Notre Dame struggled uh, early, you know, losing to Marshall. And, and so you know, they they were not uh, going to be we didn't think they could win cuz BYU looked so good, but we did. We won and it was a convincing win. Right. And we we were able it was amazing. We got out of that stadium pretty easily and were able to get uh out of uh, and back, know, back to, to back to Jill's car, and here she uh, ran into their neighbors. So she had, well, friends of theirs. <laughs> yeah, friends of theirs. And uh, they were there. Their daughter had dropped them off, but um, she didn't think with the traffic she was going to be able to get in there fast enough for them. So Jill just said, "I'll just call her, tell her I'll I'll take you home with us." Yeah, it was perfect. And the other thing I want to say, you know, it's it's challenging today, no matter where you live, rising crime rates, etc. I have to tell you. There were so many police officers in that parking lot, 
You couldn't have been safer. But I'm talking about after the game, it was dark. I mean, I, I literally want to say 60 to 80, just on one side of the oh, stadium. Was, yeah, I felt that it was, a, you know, we were well protected. Well protected, yeah. There were people, yeah. you know, surveying everything. And all the patrons who walked from the stadium to the hotel had no problem. Uh, they thought it was safe as well. And the BI, the BYU fans that we met and talked to, you know, some were having breakfast when we had breakfast. They were they were just wonderful. Yes, they were very they were all very cordial, and everybody did enjoy the game. You know, in spite of you know one having to lose, everybody knew that going in. So let me just close this segment by saying, if you're an NFL football fan and your hometown football team. Uh, is going to play the Raiders in Las Vegas. Go. Go. <laughs> you want to go and experience it because it's an incredible stadium. It's truly incredible. I want to also say that UNLV plays their home games at Allegiant, so that might be something that's appealing to see. And Garth Brooks had this concert there. Well, and I guess it was sold out. Yeah, there's plenty of concerts there. So it, I mean, That it's, happened, I think, before they played football there. Yeah, it's not just about football. No, they have other uh, concerts there and other programs there, and they let this, uh, local schools participate in it, uh, uh, venues there. Okay, so we get back to the room at the Luxor late, and we're packing because on Sunday morning after breakfast, we're heading to Arena. And I had planned to meet up with Jeremy Ellerick. Uh, we had communicated via text that uh, we would be available to come up to Reno. So, um, Janie, can you talk about where we stayed in Reno? Right. We were in Reno three years ago, and we had never been there before that. And we were so surprised by how much we liked it there. We liked it because not only does it have the gaming and the casinos, but it it's quieter it has fewer people it has less traffic the pricing of everything is probably a, a third as much as what it is in las vegas it's dramatically lower dramatically. everything is lower um and they have great restaurants and it's just a really nice place to visit but we stayed at the silver legacy which is part of the row there are three hotel casinos in the row one is circus circus one is the um El Dorado. And one is the Silver Legacy. These were all the fam the uh, proprietors of the El Dorado group purchased the controlling interest of Caesars. So now it's a Caesars property. And, you know, you, you think back to the history of Reno. They were really the first Las Vegas before there was a Las Vegas. I mean, that's where people went to gamble and get divorced. That's right. <laughs> they did. It was called the divorce capital of the world. Right, it, it you was. You could go and get one in a few days there, as, and I still don't know how or, you know, how that happened, but that's what they were no, noted for. I would say that the one thing that I've noticed, you know, coming from the East was the air, unlike the furnace of the Las Vegas air, right, right. the air was much more comfortable right and it reminds you more of a of our home state of pennsylvania only because of the all the green and the trees that are there naturally because you're more in a mountain uh you're out kind of out of the desert and anytime you know i drive the strip early in the morning and that's my time to drive the strip but reno you can drive anytime the traffic situation is just totally different it is so different you can get to the airport in just a few minutes drop a rental car off it's the easiest airport in the country to take a rental car back to so jeremy ellerick uh, decides to come to the silver legacy where we're staying we spent uh two hours a little bit more than two hours talking crafts i have great respect for him color up his youtube videos he's used a couple of our things on there for better or for worse 
but he's he's such an honest person. He's a real gentleman, and he's a man of integrity. And those were probably two of the most enjoyable hours in terms of talking craps I ever had in, in my adult career. So I really appreciated getting to meet Jeremy in person. And I understand now he's having some promotions in November at GSR. So I think there's still time. Check those out the first week of November. Just just go to Color Up Club on YouTube. Um, search them on Google and maybe you'll find some things. Maybe you want to stop in if you live closer to well, the Reno GSR than we do. Well, is the Grand Sierra Resort. Yeah, that's where he's having his promotions. And boy, I wish I was free to go there, but I just can't yeah. do it after this trip. Well, one thing about Reno, they have some very large casinos, but they're they're spread apart, uh, and which is one reason that we like the row, because you get the atmosphere of three different casinos, three different hotels. They all have their own restaurants, their own gift shops, and it's just a really a fun place to be. It's right downtown too. You can walk to a lot of areas. It's not in what they call the midtown area. So our stay in Reno for three nights sort of wrapped up our vacation. It was a great one, and it's one I'll never forget. And, and you know, just one of those vacations where everything just went our way, you know. And I don't care where you go. That's hard to find when everything goes your way. So I want to come back and uh, give me one second, and we'll start Craps Talk. We'll go through our usual agenda of 3-2-1 Craps, and here it comes. 3-2-1. Well, welcome to 321 Craps Talk, one of our usual features in our podcast. And I just wanted to start by reminding you that, you know, gamble at a level of money that you're comfortable with. It has nothing to do with what you know about a game because you're a low roller. Um, That's just the plain truth of it. And again, sometimes the smartest people realize that table games and casinos may not be the best place to gamble at all. Um, it's, It's poker that draw those people in or sports betting those two well i'm a craps advocate and and uh, in my travels you know i've tried this this system that system i enjoy trying different systems but there's there's a couple of things that i just seem to do over and over again because i have success with them and i'm going to give you some numbers here 15 6 15 6 let's just start with that and jeremy uh elric and his uh color up YouTube craps videos had made a point, and he's certainly right mathematically, that uh, he doesn't play odds bets behind the pass line, even though mathematically there's so much um, appealing about those bets because there's no house edge on those those bets. They're 50-50, you know. So in terms in terms of the true payout, they're paid out the way they should be, with considering the odds of the number that you're you know have established. Well, the point I'm trying to make is. You can do better with place bets than those odds bets uh, until it gets up to five times odds. So if you have ten dollars on the craps table, you know, putting fifty dollars behind that pass line, it pays better than than making the same bet uh, as a place bet, a sixty dollar place bet, and and but it takes up to five times odds. So if it's just you know one times odds, two times odds is pretty much what I play. I put twenty dollars behind. A ten-dollar pass line. Um, I might do better by just making a, a place bet. But the reason I don't is because nearly thirty percent of crap games are ended after the come-out roll, the first roll, either a seven-eleven or a two-three-twelve um, 
is rolled. And so that's where, that's where you'll find me, whether it's on a dome pass or the pass line. And we're going to talk about the pass line today. So, uh, you know, I have my $10 on the pass line, and I also have um, $6 on three-way craps, 2, 3, 12. And, and if a 7 is rolled, I immediately place or make a um, hop the reds for $3 bet, hoping that I get three or four. I keep doing that, hoping that I get three or four sevens in a row. Also, if it's a craps number, if it's a two or a 12, I press that three-way craps by six. If it's um, a three, I press it by three. So I'm really into the come out roll. Like that's my favorite part of the game almost because I've won so many times, hundreds, even thousands of dollars, you know, on those pass line sequences. But $15 on the pass line and $6 on freeway craps is the, is the way I do it most often. So if a seven comes up, I win $9 and then I put $3 on hop the reds, you know, which means hops the sevens. And if a two or a 12 comes up, I throw six more dollars on it. I already won, you know, uh, $56 you know, <laughs> minus my $15 bet if a two or a 12 comes up. So, you know, because it's $2 on it, you know, it's, it, when you go 30 to 1 odds, it goes pretty quick, doesn't it? <laughs> right. And, you know, I'm subtracting the other, the $2 on whatever other two numbers hasn't met. So it's, it's, so it's $56 minus four minus the pass line. So, you know, that's what I like to do. And I just pray for a consecutive number of rolls in two, three, twelves or seven. And, and uh, I'll be in the money real fast, you know. So that's what I'm telling you, 15, six. And from that point, if you want to play odds behind the pass line or make place bets in lieu of odds behind the pass line, then, then do that, you know. I mean... So if, if you want to make, um, uh, you know, the, say, say the number was a, a, a nine. So you already have $15 on the pass line. If you want to make a, a $10 placement on the nine as well as your $15 on the pass line, go ahead. I mean, mathematically, you're okay until you get up to like, you know, five times odds, and then you should be making it behind the pass line. So Jeremy's absolutely correct about that, but I don't want um, his, his decision to go with the place bet to, to lessen your desire to play from the pass line because if you play both ends of that, if you play the 7-11 and you play the 2-3-12, you know, and you get into a series, I don't think I've played a game of craps where I haven't at least hit three sevens in a row on the come out, you know? So <laughs> after that third hop, you know what I mean? You're making real money. You already made $45 minus the, the $6 from the 2-3-12. So, I mean... 15-6, just embrace that, and it's been good for me. Now, I'll talk about other ways to, to, to you know, play for for less money from the down pass line, too, but I play so often 15-6, 15-6. You know? <laughs> it's just been good to me, you know. It's been so good to me, and um, when we talk about mathematical principles of not hedging because it's not mathematically sound over the long haul. Yeah, my long haul was 45 minutes in a game, you know. So the theoretical math of the game, in my opinion, very seldom applies to a 45, 60-minute game, all right? If you do it every <laughs> every day for two hours, yeah, it's going to apply. But over the short haul, 
it doesn't, in my opinion. So at least I don't think it does, and that's what's important. Okay, so that takes care of Crab's talk for today. I want to conclude the podcast, though, by talking about some other features that, that are important. Um, I think, like I said, we don't go to Vegas after all these years and say it's the greatest thing in the world, you know, it's because it's commonplace, it's ordinary. But when we tie it to an event like a football game in Allegiant, or, you know, whatever it could be, a family situation, like, you know, Easter Sunday Mass together. That that also enhances going to Las Vegas. We do love Las Vegas. We love Reno. But, you know, when family members are involved or special events are involved, like getting a chance to meet Jeremy Ellerick, that just makes it that much better. So you can get um, into your casino resorts in your area and have just as much fun. And we've had we've had just tons of fun all over the country in casino resorts and our travels and some very close to home too. So don't let me get away from that. But I wanted to tell you some advantages. Um, you know, I have a MGM M life credit card. It's, uh, you know, so it's something that we use and it's dollar for dollar. So if I, if I charge $200, it's like I gambled $200, you know? So I just, I'm just, certain to pay it off as soon as I can. I don't want to pay interest on anything that I charge. So anyway, because of that, um, when we got to the Luxor, we were in the elite room, which has um, a refrigerator and a coffee service sink and a, you know, a coffee maker um, separate from the bathroom. In the, that's in the, in the bedroom area. Very nice rooms. They're in the tower. Uh, they're not, I don't stay in the pyramid. We stay in the towers. Um, if we're not going to get a suite, then we're going to be in an elite room. We have to have a refrigerator for medical reasons with insulin. So, I mean, it's we're not, we can't stay there if it doesn't have that. But we like that room very much, and it's not, you know, it's less than a suite, obviously, but it's a great value. But what we didn't know was how much our MGM credit card had enhanced our stay. We knew the room rate was very reasonable. Um, we were staying... Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday, and as we mentioned, we were departing Sunday morning to go to Reno. And what we didn't know was we had $149 in slot play. And I seldom play slot machines. I play video poker, and I also throw $20 in a progressive machine at the airport because I had two friends win almost a half million dollars on trips by doing that. Just one $20 bill and the damn thing, they, they, they win $400,000. This is on two different trips. So, you know, that's what I do now, too. Monkey see, monkey do, I guess. But um, so I told Jenny, let's just play it together. So she said, well, let's find one of those machines with a double seat where you can sit there. So we found um, the Candyman. You know, and our, so we, we sat there, and I, I would have never sat there and played, you know, if I had to pay money. But we, were, we had $149 of free slot play, and we're going to use it all with the Candyman machine. Well... We played for two hours at least, and when we were said and done, we didn't use um, more than $5 of our own money, um, and we won our, over $100. So that was great. <laughs> that was good. And that was the extent of my gambling at the Luxor because I knew that I, you know, I was using the credit card for the room, so that would take care of not, not gambling a lot because I, I wanted to gamble in Reno. So... And also, what I didn't know, this was a total surprise. Our room came with a $100 food credit. Well, we were out there at Easter, and we stayed in the same kind of room. <laughs> we didn't use the food credit. So it was still there because of the credit card. You know, the comp didn't go away. So when I 
I went over, I, I asked the players club lady to review my comps on my card. And she said, well, you know, you have $200 of food credit as well as $149 in slot play. I said, what? She said, what are you excited about, the slot play? I said, no, the food credit. She said, no, you have $200. So that basically took care of our food, you know, with the exception of, um, you know, having dinner with Jill and her husband uh, twice over those days. I mean, so we went to the M Resort one time. We went to Re-Raw, the Irish pub that we like, you know, in the Mandalay Bay walkway between the Luxor and Mandalay Bay. So there's a great advantage to that. And room prices on the Strip on, on weekends are expensive, but we get out of there for four days. We, you know, we paid um, the resort fee and taxes, and we had to pay a certain amount of the room for Friday and Saturday, but we were under $400 for those four days. So that's like, you know, that was a great price for the kind of room that we had and the service that we got. So I would say to you that if you do like to go to Vegas a lot, um, the the MGM Rewards credit card gives you free parking and has all kind of other features, but it certainly helps you with room rates if you're not a big gambler. And that's what I'm trying to say. Well, we certainly enjoyed giving you this podcast. You can see how enthusiastic we are <laughs> about our trip. We're still talking about it and uh, giving uh, giving us a chance to share this with our thousands of listeners makes it all the more fun for us. So thank you. Casinos USA, we promise, is still a place where every day is Saturday. And again, thanks for listening. We'll see you in a couple of weeks.